the bare necessities, the simple bare necessities. Hello and welcome to episode 29 of The Inimitable. That's a shame. (laughs) True. Inimitable in who else could put together such a shambolic, (laughs) poorly planned, premiseless, themeless, unoriginal... (laughs) bi-weekly <laughs> podcast who would dare i think is the real question exactly well i'll tell you who would dare it's us i am yep. declan and i am isaac and um we'll be honest listeners we are even more characteristically unprepared than usual for this episode i think we've been what the problem was is it's like that motto that they have when you start a new company you're supposed to like oh i can't remember which way around it is you're supposed to like under deliver slightly so that later on you overperform so they get the expectation that you're like not that good at your job okay because you're working at like 70 percent say yeah maybe 65 let's go down as low as that and then oh sorry about that phone then um once you you know when you have to like make a difference you just ramp it all up to maybe 80 85 not even going at full speed ahead and now they think you're like the new bill gates coming in so what i'm saying is our mistake has been being too prepared in previous episodes. <laughs> not something so, we, if anything, <laughs> not something we're likely we to be accused of. We want to lower the of. average. <laughs> we want to just bring it down, lower the expectations, and then every episode will be an overprepared treat. Well, I am an absolute master of lowering expectations, so I'm I'm hoping that this should be fine. We've also, um, due to our lack of preparedness, uh, found ourselves in the unfortunate position of having no time left. <laughs> You'll remember this from every other month. And when we get to the final three or so episodes, we always have to do really short ones to just finish out the month because we've spoken too much. To be fair, we would have been all right this month, but we did that bonus episode we promised you. Oh, yeah. And that ran long, didn't it? Yeah. If you haven't been lucky enough to get your ears around what some are calling one of the great diatribes against (laughs) podcasting as a whole, one of the great examples of bridge burning (laughs) since a man dropped an entire flaming birthday cake on the Golden Gate, then uh, shame.city slash mail. You've got a few weeks, let's say an undetermined amount of time, because I'm frankly, <laughs> when, I don't when remember we when ever. we recorded it. I don't remember when it went out. And it's going to be very dependent on our mood on the day, could whether you, or not if you sign up, it arrives in your could, inbox. Could you imagine just like one day someone emailing us and Hi. us having a really just unnecessarily furious denial of it? No, no, fuck off. You you know what? You can't have it, okay? You should have been there for us when it counted. It's fucking November. Where have you been, (laughs) sir? Yeah, so, um, I mean, you're playing with fire. I've just remembered. What? I might go and get it. I I bought myself another pop filter because I lost mine. Ooh. And I was really annoyed because... Last episode, last episode was my most used letter. It's yeah. just breaking all over the fucking gaff. It's because you kept saying pub and things like that. Yeah. Probably kept popping up. I'll try uh, not to. Oh, well, you can go and get it if you want. No. I can stall with some Are you sh- talk. No, I'll, 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 I'll have it for the next one. Okay, that's fine. Just whenever you... Here's a tip. Whenever you go and say P, just replace it with a B. It's okay. upside down. It flips around. Everyone's favourite, B. Try it. <laughs> we went to the pub. <laughs> <laughs> Don't ever do it again. It's the worst thing I've ever heard. Look, guys, there's no two ways about it. We've got one hell of an unprepared show uh, 
in in store for you today we do have a topic that kind of emerged as they often do at the very last possible second mm. because um well i i mentioned that i had a very short let's not base a whole episode around it because it's not that good story <laughs> to tell of going to an audition yesterday so we'll kick off with that and then we're going to spiral into a discussion of of that kind of topic well shall broadly. i shall i start with i i had a short story i wanted to tell you as well oh there's nothing to do with nothing the to do with the episode so get it out yeah, of the way might as well. see. why not um I'm, this you certainly cannot build <laughs> an entire <laughs> that's what i like I, I love a story that really stops the momentum in its tracks but <laughs> but uh Many of our listeners may have been to see the wonderful uh, Dunkirk, Ooh, the Christopher Nolan film. Uh, I recommend you do. Yeah, everyone it's... keeps recommending it, but here's the thing. I don't think I'd like it. Mm, neither did I, really. Okay. But then what about I, Harry Styles? Was that well cast? He was good. Okay. He was actually quite good. All right, well, that's fine. And I was very prepared for him not to be. Mm-hmm. Even desperate <laughs> for him not and to be. And what does he play in it? Is he a oh, kind he's of a soldier. character? Oh, a soldier, you say? Yeah, one of many. Mm, I remember them. But uh, recently, um, my dad went down to the pub, to the bub. Bob. <laughs> and uh, his friend was telling us that he'd been to see it mm-hmm. and he didn't hugely enjoy it. He, he found the, he actually found the soundtrack a bit off-putting, apparently. Right. But, um, Is it because his boss reminded him of Dunkirk? <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> I've been in Dunkirk. So like <laughs> Um, no, but he, uh, so he, he was telling dad about that, but then he said that his daughter, who's like 25 or something, mm-hmm. like had, uh, come home and she said that she was, uh, going out to see it that night and he was just about to make a comment about the soundtrack and about the music. And she stopped him with the greatest phrase, which was no, no, don't spoil it. Cause I don't know what it's about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow 25 you say yeah old enough to know better you say should definitely yes that's a shame she's the same person who once uh uh claimed that she didn't really need to take too much sun cream with her on her holiday to spain because it's a different sun down there It's not the same sun in the sky. No. It's quite that's like a poetic image. Yeah. What's she claiming? That's like that sounds like a really um tangential kind of subtle snake in the grass basis for a racist manifesto <laughs> to claim that Spain well they don't even have the same sun. They live under a different sun. Yeah. <laughs> when they look wow. when they turn their eyes skyward. They it's one of those weird Mediterranean British suns. Probably has sun. a nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> it probably what eats tapas. Think, non-stop. Can't get enough of it. It's not even a meal. It's just lots of different mini meals all together. <laughs> well, she sounds like a shame. Let's. Uh, She's lovely, she... but yeah? not necessarily historically informed. That's fair enough. I guess that's the trade-off, isn't it? Because sometimes if you put all your points into lovely and none of your points into informed, <laughs> then whilst you might go far, you won't go that far. <laughs> a lesson there for anyone who's about to embark on a new campaign in Skyrim or any Bethesda RPG. So, wrenching the topic back to theatre. <laughs> Smoothly, seamlessly, and with all the... <laughs> outward appearance of professionalism I can muster. I had, well, I, I guess I didn't know it was going to be an audition is basically the theme of this story. Right. Because I was emailed about 
I told you a bit about it. Oh, and I can tell about that great line as well. I got an email with the subject line, China Project, which sounded, <laughs> sounded like I was involved in the new Cold War or the new like Manhattan Project test. And I thought, hmm, okay, is this Nigel calling from the Labour Party? With He's really upping the ante. <laughs> we need he's you like, for the China Project. The EU's all solved now. We need to broaden our horizons east. <laughs> Look into the Orient. <laughs> the land of the rising suns on the upward spiral. <laughs> okay, Nigel, I'm coming. I'm in. So I got this email and it was relatively innocuous, but for, and this is something I've noticed lots of emails doing in the industry, is that they, the email itself will be quite short. Then they'll attach a fuck off PDF of like yeah. the real information, the specifications. And um, in this one, I'm going to get it up so I can give you verbatim the madness that it offers. It's basically asking me to have a meeting about MDing, which is musical directing, uh, a show in China that I don't know very much about. And it sounds mad. Apparently, the president of China attends this show every year. But what I can gather from it is it's a bit like the inverse of the trend for really rich Chinese families to send their sons and daughters to study in the UK for university uh, because we're like known for a good educational system. Apparently they want people who are like in the London theatre scene to be shipped over to China to train people in drama and right. musical stuff. Okay. So it all sounds relatively mad. And um, I did end up going to have this meeting, but with the knowledge that it's not loading, so I'll just try and remember it. It said in this email, it was talking a lot about how it's really important if you're going to do this, that you're, you know, you can be flexible because it's, there's like a language barrier there. And it's one of those jobs that's going to change a lot depending on just the day you turn up. Basically, it could be completely different day to day. They're quite vague about the skill set. Like you need to have got some theatre background and like musical theatre, any musical direction stuff is helpful. And here it says, I found it now. It is important to stress that whilst China is a fascinating place and in some ways makes us look third world, the Chinese can seem very frustrating to Westerners. (laughs) It is crucial then that anybody going out to China understands that flexibility is paramount as things can change very quickly. And then my absolute favourite sentence in any job capacity... (laughs) Sometimes it seems that no one, including the Chinese, knows what's going to happen next. (laughs) And I just thought, what an amazing way to generalise a billion people into like lacking any sense of prescience, thinking, planning. Yeah, it's just an amazing thing to say. Even the Chinese don't know what's going to happen next. So I went along. It was at Arts Ed, which is one of the big drama schools in London. The first weird thing was they had this receptionist who was like very trendy kind of drama student looking. And she took my name, uh, which in classic going to the hairdresser's style <laughs> took about 18 attempts to locate. <laughs> it's always a shame as well because cause I know like... Uh, the kind of outline of my name if i can't see the letters but i can see the shape of it like if you were squinting yeah. at some text i know like short long dash short is the the layout yeah so i could see it on this page quite far away but you don't want to feel like you're overstepping and doing someone else's job <laughs> even if that job is finding a name i've just said out loud on a list like a bingo game 
So you don't want to reach out and be like, no, it's it's just that one. It was literally top of the page as yep. well. So that yep. took a while. And then she said, just take a seat in the foyer and someone will be with you at 20 past four whenever I was supposed to be in. And I walked into this beautiful like atrium that had all screens up showing the various drama courses they do and like photos of alumni and all this different theatre stuff. And it was a really giant space. And as if in some kind of uh, Stanford prison experiment, Darren Brown style prank, there was only one chair in the entire room. Right. And it was right in the middle. So it was like, it felt like you were being studied already. Like I was just sat in the middle of this giant room on my own. <laughs> like not just flagrantly in the way of anyone else who was trying to traverse the, the corridors. <laughs> so that was a bit odd. And I just sort of shuffled it to the side as I went. And then I was called in. And in the email itself, they'd said very specifically, which is really rare for this kind of work, don't prepare anything. They were like, nothing to prepare, just to chat. But please give some thought as to how working in China might be for you and come along knowing the full availability for the rest of the year. So I thought, that's great. Don't have to do a monologue. Don't have to do a song. Easy, just to chat. That's what I'm good at, is just bullshitting about how good I am at things. Yep. So I sat down, three people in front of me, the classic, um, you know, the standard audition setup, which we can talk about at a later date, but <clears throat> I feel suffers from never having been thought about very much in regards <laughs> to... There's no sense in which they try to ameliorate the nerves that are kind of integral and inherent to the process which i thankfully don't suffer from a lot myself but just the very setup of like a panel and a single chair seems designed to intimidate yeah and i feel like if i was hosting auditions although as we're going to talk about this was not the case when we did no <laughs> i'd try and make people a bit more at ease but that was fine they were all really nice um just asked me to talk about myself a bit which i did for about four hours uninterrupted <laughs> talking about uh, the show that I'm doing and things like that. And because I knew they wanted someone to musical direct to MD this show, I was kind of emphasising that kind of experience that I have, which I'll be honest is minimal. <laughs> and um, so I was talking about like playing piano and having uh, helped out with like conducting choirs, which is broadly true and things like that, like reading music. And she she was listening the whole time, the, the woman who was like to the right, who was kind of running things and nodding. She's like, okay, that's really interesting. And it had been about 15 minutes at this point. And she took a big, one of those big pauses that I admire in people because it belies a deep and um, overwhelming confidence in your own ability to hold the attention of whoever you're talking to. Yep. <laughs> when someone just stops for an indeterminate amount of time and you're just waiting to see what they're going to say next. So she pauses, looks down, thinks for a bit, and then looks up with that kind of um, mm, studied expression. And she says, Isaac, now, this is all good. I'm, I'm liking what I hear. Do you consider yourself, and this is important, do you consider yourself a flexible person? And I thought for a minute, I, I tried to like in, inject a little uh, levity into the answer. I was yeah. like, I'm not literally. I've played too much football in my life. My calves are pretty tight these days. Can't touch my toes, that sort of thing. Can't remember what I said, but it was something about that. But metaphorically, yeah, I'm quite flexible, which I think is true. Like, I'd be fine arriving and not really knowing what I was going to do next because, as this podcast proves, we, we <laughs> very, very rarely do enjoy <laughs> living in the moment in that regard. And she said, okay, that's good. Yeah, that's really nice. 
And then she did this big hand gesture that was almost like saluting Hitler, but with a kind of cupped hand right. gesturing off to the side in the way that, you know, Shakespeare says, do not saw the air in that, that monologue about how to act in Hamlet. And um, so she saws the air with the gesture to the corner of the room. There was a big room. They hadn't really looked behind me because you have to go in with eye contact and confidence and yeah. a spring in your step. And she opens this gesture and just holds it for a moment and says, so you consider yourself flexible. Are you, I wonder, flexible enough to go to that piano there in the corner and just play us something and have a sing? And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, <laughs> thanks for saying I didn't have to prepare anything. <laughs> That's a real dick move. <laughs> and um, I mean, I did, and it was fine. Like, what did you do? But there, I did... Uh, Sweet Polly Plunkett. That's it. <laughs> Lay in the grass. Turned right. the whole of Sweeney Todd. It was quite marvellous. And they asked me to leave. We start on a dark stage. <laughs> <laughs> do, 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 do. No, I just did a little song that I'd been playing that wasn't, it wasn't that good. And I, I hadn't, good, it was one of those moments choice, where um, you have to commit to these moments, don't you? Yeah, well, yeah. Because, because even I'm fairly unflappable in these sorts of things. And, but just, uh, the specifically engineered blindsiding of saying, don't prepare anything, it'll be fine. It'll be like coming home for Christmas. We're all going to just have a chat. You can, you can see, though, especially in the way that you describe her gesture and the yeah. particular phrasing of it all, that she was so excited for this. Like, she saw it as oh, some kind of I know, big I game show well. reveal, just like, it's great. Oh, you're flexible. Hilarious. Well, let's take a look at how <laughs> hey! flexible. It's Saturday night. <laughs> It's, this is your life. It's dick move audition. Here are all your ex-girlfriends in a line. <laughs> Tell each one why the relationship ended. And then order them. Dance. Order them either in terms of beauty, intelligence or humour. <laughs> but don't tell the and witch. All three. <laughs> it was lovely though. And it was just that quick rush of like, oh no, oh no. And I was like, if I think too much about it, I'm going to like bottle it so i just had to sit down and just start the first thing that came to my hands which was this song that i've been playing recently that was entirely inappropriate because it's a musical theater audition. thankfully it wasn't a like a confederate song <laughs> <laughs> it was deutschland deutschland <laughs> it was a, a confused atmosphere in the room thereafter but yeah so i guess it just got me thinking about the fundamentally ridiculous setup that is an audition and we've been on both sides of the the table, the panel, and it leads us on to talk about some of those stories. Um, should we start with Abigail's party or Glengarry? Uh, maybe maybe Glengarry. let's do it chronologically. Yeah, yeah Glengarry. So, so over to you because this is your... Yeah. I, I'm in second year of university. I applied to put on Glengarry, Glen Ross, the David Mamet play uh, through the Drama Society. And one of the things that was quite exciting about the idea of doing this was... Uh, was getting to host auditions, which was something I've wanted to do for a long time. <laughs> Just because it is uh, a particularly voyeuristic and sadistic process, as, as I think as just... <laughs> At least you're honest about just it. Yeah. discussed. And, uh, and I wanted to have some great wow moment auditions. And I wanted to have some fucking dreadful ones. And boy, yeah. did we get a cross-section. It's like your own personal pop idol kind of setting, yeah, isn't it? You get it to is. be, you get to see it from boot camp to the very dregs that come in and say, "But me mum says I'm the next Celine Dion." You're being very, very harsh. <laughs> oh yeah, that's so good. So uh, 
like we had the traditional setup, you print out some uh, some scenes from the play and highlight the lines that you'd need to do to audition for various characters. You leave them outside of the various rooms dotted around the university campus. Yeah. The more difficult to find, the better. That's where the challenge begins: is just finding it in the first place. Yeah, and uh, and you sit and you wait, and people come along, and. Most of them are very, like, middle of the road. They come in, they read the script. The fun thing with Glengarry was that we were making people do an accent because we were going to be using American accents in the play because imagine if you didn't. Uh, it Like, it's so fundamentally written in American language, you would be a moron <laughs> to do it in any other accent. It would be a real stretch to to be confused by by the dialogue he's gone for. Yeah. So um <clears throat> so you get people who come in and they're like do you have to uh do you have to do the accent because it's not great. My accent's not great. No, well, thanks for your honesty. <laughs> you won't be getting the part. Please leave the room and shut the door behind you. And so you get people who kind of have like very broken accents. And I asked him, "Where did you put the f- files that I need to look at or you have people who can I just interject briefly so on Netflix for the last month there's been they've really embraced auto playing video on Netflix as trailers for stuff and boy does it fuck me off Um, and the thing that I keep being recommended and that's like top of my list I must have seen this trailer a solid hundred times in the last (laughs) month is the widely ridiculed critically panned Emma Watson film Circle or The Circle oh, yeah. which I actually watched in the end I gave in to their <laughs> persistence I, I like that it started with a, but with you lampooning this idea and, and ends with you capitulating well I wanted to, to see big, if it was as bad the as the trailer said it would be and there's this <laughs> I like the idea that the trailer said that it would be bad <laughs> it's the worst look, film of the year look guys just we spent a lot of money on it we need to make it back just take a watch <laughs> it's a really fucking wanky film in every set- sense of the term. But the wankiest scene is unfortunately the one they've chosen to highlight in the trailer. And it's supposed to be this like Apple esque Google campus company that's like a big Silicon Valley tech company. And Emma Watson is being interviewed for the job by this little idiot mm-hmm. who's like asking questions like, uh, Sonic or Mario? Well, Mario, isn't it? Because Emma Watson can't do their thing. She's like, early Sonic, late Mario. Like, her accent <laughs> is just baffling. And, but she manages to keep it up for a bit. And then is like, uh, Lennon or McCartney? And she's like, she does it the other way around is the amazing bit of dialogue there. So if she said, early Sonic, late Mario, she says, late McCartney, early Lennon. Ooh, like, oh, clever bit of writing there, there boys. And then the last one is she says, What's your greatest fear? And she just goes, in the most English accent I've ever heard, unfulfilled potential. <laughs> and just gives up entirely on the concept of pretending to be American. And so not only is the answer the most fucking cliched, drag through the fucking hedge of script writing bullshit, she just uh, couldn't even bother to maintain the accent. Don't watch The Circle, because I've taken that bullet <laughs> You've for done me. it for us. It's a waste. <laughs> um so yeah, so you get people with with very mixed abilities, and often, what's interesting is that they subvert the expectations that you have when you might first see someone. Mm. Um, I remember that we had uh, the wonderful. Are we saying names? Let's say first names. Okay. Well, we had Ricky. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Ricky turned up to audition and has 
he's kind of what everyone assumes a university theatre student probably looks like. Yes, that's very uh, accurate. Dresses a bit like a prick. Kind of foppish hair. Looks a bit like a prick. Sort of handsome, but like... <laughs> Acts like a bit of a prick. But like daytime TV. Yeah. Handsome. Very. Yeah. Uh, probably like... We'll play a doctor at some point. But only when he's about 50. But everyone watching knows that he doesn't know anything that he's saying. <laughs> <laughs> when they say the liver, that could be in your feet. It could be anywhere, <laughs> according to him. So uh, he came in and um, and he kind of looks the part for most of the roles in the play. So mm. Yes, he I mean, could play real estate quite yeah, convincingly. So, so we're all uh, kind of thinking, okay, well, this could be it. Anyway, he picks up the script for a character called Williamson which is the Kevin Spacey character in the film. And he is like a bit of a sly dickhead. Mm. Um, and Ricky came in and said, um, yeah, I'm going to be auditioning as Williamson. I said, fantastic. Do you have any questions before you start? And he's like, yeah, I get the idea that this... Ca- <laughs> <laughs> I love this sentence. I get the idea that this character's a bit of a creep. <laughs> okay, And Ricky. I was like, and I, well, to be fair... I probably gave Ricky more credit than he was due in that I sort of said, yeah, I see what you mean, thinking that he meant, like, slimy Mm -hmm. in that sense. It turns out Ricky thought pedophile. (laughs) Ricky... Ricky's Ricky, mind went Ricky. straight to Fritzel. <laughs> went straight to... Where it may well have been already. People's in the basement, chains. Yeah. Absolute horror. Yeah. And, uh, and he went, okay... I'll begin. Well, he did the uh, the most preposterous turn round to face the back of the audition room and then mm. swooped around to the look at us again. Turn. Yeah, but as if he thought he had a cape, but he didn't. Ah, oh, yes, that's a shame. Uh, and he slammed his hands onto the desk and he leaned right down into my face <laughs> and he said, Well, I'm saying this shell... And God. and I was like, oh, oh no, <laughs> oh no, he didn't mean I would have slimy, <laughs> slimy real estate manager. He meant person who eats eyelids for breakfast. <laughs> he meant rejected Batman villain on the yeah. grounds that it was too near to an amalgamation of all the great tragedies that America had ever undergone. <laughs> and and I, but I thought, okay, maybe maybe that's just that line. But he did an entire monologue, all of it with this throaty whisper. <laughs> and all of it really close to your face, I hope. Oh, didn't. He only ever got closer. He wasn't moving away. <laughs> He's doing the last half of it was from inside yeah. your own mouth. He's <laughs> just shouting down your throat like it was a megaphone. So he finished and there was an interminable The monologue. Silence. Yeah. In the room. <laughs> he didn't just enjoy it a, a great deal. Everywhere. <laughs> All over the room. Um, and uh, my friend Alex and I, because he who was uh, directing it with me, just looked at each other and tried, tried not to cry with laughter. And I was like, do you want to take another run at that? <laughs> it's generous. <laughs> and he went, yeah, yeah, okay. And I went, this time, do it 90% less creepy. <laughs> Can I ask as well, yeah. was your motivation here, was it born out of a genuine desire to see this man succeed? I, won, I, or, thought, I thought there could be more. I thought there okay. could be more. 
So it wasn't just that you wanted him to embarrass himself twice. No, no. But it was partly that. Oh, definitely. I was fully prepared for that to be the outcome. <laughs> I mean, if that was where it had gone, I, like, how bad is yeah. it? It's a win-win. Well, and I said 90% less creepy and 90% more like an arsehole. <laughs> and he went, hmm, okay, yeah, yeah. All right, I'm ready. Fantastic. Turned around. Did, if anything, an even bigger swoop. Back <laughs> to the a desk. 720 swoop. <laughs> Slammed his hands down, leaned into me, went, Well, I'm saying this, Shell. <laughs> and performed, I would have thrown I up. kid you not, an identical, <laughs> an identical monologue. So, what you're saying is he takes direction. What I'm saying is, I told him to fuck off and never, <laughs> and never ever come back. Come back. Just not just to me, <laughs> to the very idea of performance. But to the bosom of art. <laughs> So, and he didn't get a part in the play. I don't no, he did not. He, I didn't. Don't think we even it was, gave him a was close back. though. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, but then, so someone like that fucks it up in perhaps the most spectacular fashion possible. Yeah. Um, and then you get someone else like Ryan. Oh my god! Who? It was on a particularly slow night. We were in a particularly labyrinthine part of the university that nobody would ever find their way to. Mm-hmm. But we were hosting these auditions anyway, and we hadn't seen anyone in about half an hour. And so I went outside, and there was this small, pale, thin ginger man mm-hmm. just thumbing through some of the pages. And uh, I spoke to him, and I was like, Oh, can I help you? And he was like, Oh, yeah, no, I watched it last night. He had the like the thickest kind of Belfast accent. Yeah. And he was like, oh, what's the th- I'm not going to try it because it, I could, it not, be an insult do, I could not do justice to an entire <laughs> nation. Um, but he was like, oh, I watched the film last night. Yeah, um, just uh, th- looking through. And I was like, oh, well, what sort of character are you thinking of playing? He's like, oh, well, I'm not really sure. And, and I like talked to him a bit about it and gave him some suggestions. He was like, oh, brilliant. Uh, I'll have a look. So I went back into the room, sat down behind the desk and... Mm, didn't hear a single thing for 15 minutes. No one came in. I was actually standing up to uh, to go and see if he was still there. And he came into the room and we took his name and we took his details and we asked him and he was like, oh yeah, I've, I've got a piece for Moss, who is the Ed Harris character in the film. Mm-hmm. And, How would you uh, describe him, his uh, uh, demeanor? Angry, furious, yeah, yeah. Um, loud, uh, proud, boisterous bombastic ready for action yes um and so i was like whenever you're ready he went, oh thanks very much and he launched into the single most incredibly performed monologue i've yeah. ever witnessed he's just he, obscenely his talented. belfast accent disappeared and was replaced <laughs> with an an absolutely syllable perfect Ed Harris impression. <laughs> but not an impression in the sense of like derivative. No. A kind of a, an homage. An embodiment. Yeah. And it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And he, he, he performed it once and I was like, yep, we'll, well see you tomorrow for the recalls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he left the room and Alex and I just sat there in stunned silence. At, at the, the fact that we'd not 24 hours beforehand had Ricky. <laughs> and now we have oh, Ryan. Oh, the places you'll go. I know. 
so there is a really um, a, a nice tendency for it to subvert your expectations like that. However, sometimes, as we know from the Abigail's mm-hmm. party auditions, it often does not. Not in a big way. Because I was, I didn't have a, an assistant director or a, a producer when I did Abigail's party. Mm-hmm. It was just me. So I asked Isaac if he'd come and help me uh, do the auditions. Partly because it would be nice to have someone else there for the many hours of no one turning up. <clears throat> but also yeah. because I thought that he would absolutely relish the opportunity. Oh yeah, it was very enjoyable. And uh, <clears throat> one night, our uh, our audition was interrupted by the appearance of someone, let's call him Bob. <laughs> <laughs> that being his name. <clears throat> okay. Uh, and he turned up. And we were both not in the mood. Yeah. We'd been... Think, had we been watching Hercules and it had finished at this point? Yeah, it had finished. Because we got all our auditionees. We were just had Hercules on in the background. And yeah. We were just watching If they came we, in there to pause it for we'd us. we put them at ease. Yeah, yeah we put them at ease by letting them watch a bit with us. And then turn it off. <laughs> Start Perform. acting, bitch. <laughs> but Bob turned up and we'd only like a week or so before been to see a show that he'd written that was perhaps the greatest travesty in the name of art that has ever been since, conducted since uh dog blog it's, <laughs> it was it was perhaps i don't want to say that it was worse but it wasn't better <laughs> no it wasn't better it was shorter yes i think that's probably helps us yeah but it was it and was, also there were a lot more people in the audience who were in on the joke the joke being the show itself yeah it was the worst thing anything. to happen in a theater since Lincoln's assassination. Like it was just, <laughs> it was so dire. The premise was that all of the seven deadly sins, something like that, uh, were living in a house together. They were now At uni lords of hell rather than deadly sins, and they mm. were all living in a uni flat together. So it was filled with some of the most. Imagine that premise, and then if <sighs> imagine if you spent three minutes thinking of the jokes that would go with it. I can't again. Like it's it's fucking like all over again like because i just uh, there's no way to embody how shit it was it was the laziest most bullshit like it was everything that everyone hates about student theater all in one easy to consume package yep and everyone who is in it was wasn't ricky in it as well yeah probably yeah i think he was uh and a couple of other people there you go one of whom we'll come on to in a bit one day i know today mm. and so we just weren't in the mood and i was like you you can't act you can't even be a real person. So <laughs> the chances of you acting are slim. And uh, he didn't help things by coming in. And I was like, oh, so what brings you along to the audition? And he was like, oh, well, I've always been a fan of uh, of Alan Bennett. So I thought I'd come and audition. Okay, well, why is that relevant to uh, a Mike Lee play? What? <laughs> it's not, Bob. What? This play isn't by Alan Bennett, Bob. I thought it said on the sign outside that it... I thought this was an Alan Bennett play. No, Bob. No, Bob. That's You're just wrong. you being your usual fucking self. <laughs> <laughs> we've spent... We've since spent hours of our lives watching videos of him performing slam poetry, <laughs> which is two of the things we both hate most in this world <laughs> combined <laughs> just to fuel... Just because I get the feeling that... There aren't enough people actively hating him and everything mm. he stands for at any given moment. So it's our duty to step in. 
and do so now publicly. It's the cross we all must bear. Yeah. Um, so there are shames like that that that, are, that come along in the audition process. I I can't but, remember any like standout moments of Abigail's party auditions. No, which is not to say that there weren't any like good monologues, but there were none that were like. Obviously, Dange's audition was. <laughs> Oh, Dan's audition, yeah. As bombastic as that one could hilarious. ever hope. I'm pretty sure he was drunk. <laughs> if he wasn't, then I mean, even better actor. That's true, I'd forgotten about Dan's audition. And of course, I made a great bit of art for that show. Of course, we'll audition. share that on the old show notes. Yeah. I was thinking, though, about Abigail's party, that it's interesting that you say about um, the audition process uh, not having been thought about very much, not putting anyone mm. at ease, because in order to get the play put on, you have to pitch it. And uh, so I, I very last minute sent in the written application form for this. Like I literally, I spent 10 minutes on it. My description mm-hmm. of what I wanted to do with the play was put it on. <laughs> I, was like, I, want, the play. I want to cast actors to speak the words. <laughs> and I'd like the set to look. I'd like there to be quite, an audience. Yeah. <laughs> I'd like it to be in a, in a room rather than just in my mind. <laughs> and so, so I, I was like, I'm fully prepared not to be called, but they, you know, I got my... They were low on applications. Yeah, that I got time. my slot to come and speak to the to the panel. And the panel is just whoever happened to be free, who was a drama sock, like, official at the time, oh. who was in any of the roles. But it's the exact same thing as the uh, as the audition process. Like they, There is one chair in the middle of the room and you go in and there's a, a bench of, I think there are about five of them. Judging. Yeah. And I, I cannot for the life of me think what the other plays must have been like. Like people <laughs> must have been wanting to put on their own somewhat racially questionable <laughs> <laughs> diatribes. <laughs> like, because... I I sat there and I couldn't have given like less inspiring answers if I'd specifically <laughs> tried to write them. And part of the reason for that was um, the questions themselves were so painfully boring. Mm-hmm. I remember that probably the big question, the one that they were all kind of building up to, they kind of shared a little glance between them before asking, like, "Okay, who's going? Here we go. Who's going to? Uh, who's going to put this forward?" Is um. Yeah, so it sounds like there's going to be a lot of props um, and a lot of set dressing. And I was like, yeah. They went, how are you going to make sure that it doesn't just look like all the other barn shows? How are you going to make sure that you aren't just using the same things as as all the other shows? And I just said, we will use new things. (laughs) (laughs) What else are they hoping for? I don't know. But they, I'm going to paint them all blue. But, but then they all like turn to each other and like, hmm, yeah, yeah, no, Clever. that's good. This guy knows his stuff. And what? And so, how, where where are you going to um to get a them? shop? You say <laughs> you'll go out and source them. You're telling yourself. me you can exchange little coins, <laughs> circular discs of metal for goods and services. That's incredible. And nobody, no, no, nobody else has been doing. Wow. Genius. Madness. Give him the barn. Give him the play. Yeah. And then they're like, um, there are some controversial topics in the play. Uh, how are you going to deal with those? Well, I'll just make sure that... that I'm not saying these what are good. Do you, what do you mean? <laughs> what do you mean? What do you mean, how am I going to deal with them? They're in the script. <laughs> like, the actors <laughs> are going to say the lines. <laughs> like, I, I'll try and make sure that everyone knows that it's not 
pro domestic abuse before we go in. Well, I won't do when I go out to buy my uh, my props is buy big neon signs that say <laughs> beat yeah, your wife. That's the way. That, that flash on. Do this at home in all the domestic abuse scenes. What Lawrence pulling Beverly's arm down. There's just a little applause that comes on over the tannoy. <laughs> Dreadful. And even the sort of the simplest of ideas was was met with very serious agreement and and kind of awe. I was like, they went. So what about the music in the show? And I was like, well, we're just going to buy the vinyls that they put on, mm-hmm. and uh, and they'll put them on. <gasps> So you're actually going to have them in the show? That's genius. Well, well, isn't it more effort for them to mime putting on a record and have a record on and then have to play the audio from like what is clearly the barn's own speakers behind the audio? That's what we've always done here at Student Drama. You can't have cues that work. What's that diegetic sound? No, no, (laughs) I won't have it. My watch. So, uh, uh, so yeah, but, but again, it, it seems such a blunt tool for, mm. for attempting to decipher which bits of art you'd quite like to put on. Yeah, it's all a bit nonsensical, really, isn't it? When we have a, another episode, we can talk a little bit about, uh, about the casting process, though. Oh, yeah. Because that is always a, a laugh, but we haven't got time for that now. No, we've got to wrap up. I've got another story to tell next time on auditions as well, Ooh, so we'll remember. Part More of two. That in episode 30, coming hey. away on Sunday. I think we might also not have time for the poem feature. Are you kidding me? You're going to postpone me for two consecutive episodes? I'm going to have to make an exact decision on this. <laughs> I've stopped recording 10 minutes ago. <laughs> this has all just been a chat. <laughs> but no, I think we should, because uh, we don't want to leave us with like a two-minute episode 31. So That is probably true. For the greater good, we'll... Uh, Look forward next to that episode, next episode. I'm just going to open with it, whether you like it or not. I'll just yeah. shouting, shouting over you. Hi and welcome to episode th- poem. <laughs> the whole time. Sorry, Doug. What was that? Poem. So let's. Um, we've got an email to to barrel through quickly. In fact, we have two. So let's do those. Then the fastest plugs ever. Okay. I'm going to read bunk beds first. Go for Subject it. bunk beds. This is from Mark. With your concern over bunk beds, I'd suggest you don't get a job working offshore. Often you're in cabins. Shared by four people with two sets of bunk bed with barely enough space to stand between them and a, re- a wet room that is shared between your cabin and the adjacent one. Space is at a premium. Really enjoying the podcast, which I listen to while walking wherever. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that it's not like one specific route he has to walk down to listen to us, like past all the saddest shops yep. in his neighborhood. <laughs> I'm currently working, Mark. If Thank I, you very much, If I much, have Mark. to move from A to B, pop the earbuds in... <laughs> It's it's my one trick to make walks bearable. Yes, thank you for that, Mark. I probably won't work offshore. I think that's a good idea. I have to dodge enough offers of working on cruise ships as it is, as does anyone who wants to break into acting in the UK. What if um what if the Chinese try and make you play on a boat? What if China they, turns into one big they, floating they world? They don't know what's happening one day to the next over there. <laughs> It's like, well, today's boat day. One minute they're a landmass, the next minute they're just slowly <laughs> drifting into the ocean. The world's biggest cruise ship. Like that one with the armadillo in charge of the island, remember that? Or is it a bear that's in charge? And they power the whole thing with lava. Is this ringing any bells? I, I think that you and I need to have a talk uh, once the show's <laughs> over. <laughs> and then there's that bit where my father beats me at the end. <laughs> oh, yeah. Joking, Dad, if you ever listen, that didn't happen. You weren't there. Anyway, <laughs> that was another joke. That was another half joke. 
Oh, okay, there's like. a lot coming out, so I think that we should probably distract <laughs> Isaac from his own <laughs> sad remembrances. I just like doing because it's the only thing. Because I don't have any like like my family haven't all died tragically. So it's like when someone plays the your mum card and they're like, "My mum is dead." It's the only thing that I can make people feel really awkward about. It's a divorce that <laughs> had minimal impact on my life. <laughs> So I enjoy it while I can. But let's go over to well, Thought Monsters. I tell, you, I tell you what might affect your life. Uh-huh. It's this horrible email from the Thought Monster. They're fifth <laughs> in the series. It's another do you ever think about. <laughs> it's such a great setup to a question. I, I, I love that um, these are all presented as facts. <laughs> um, Not sourced. No, but I don't know then where from. No. Nope. Whence they come. Thought Monster has his own sources, or their own sources, I should say. (laughs) And it's the voices in their own head. (laughs) Do you ever think about the fact that, given you shed up to 750 grams of skin a year, you could make nearly 50 cupcakes from it? Skin as a flour substitute, of course. Of course. Well, of course, Thought Monster. I'm going to be honest, I've never once thought about this. In fact, I'm fairly certain that there's a large part of my brain that is routinely dedicated to helping me forget the fact that my (laughs) skin is constantly falling off shedding and the other half of my brain is fully devoted to never ever thinking before now or again about skin cakes (laughs) i mean i'm i can only concur with that sentiment but i do thought monster for all their proclivities and you know unusual interests they do as the name suggests keep us thinking they're provocative at the very least horrible is what you mean keep them coming thought monster oh yeah it's endless source of entertainment um look we're going to do some plugs and then we're going to fuck off home in a metaphorical sense because i'm already in my bedroom um what's a plug email tas at shame.city tas at shame.city send your thoughts thought monster your feedback your questions your praise let's be honest is something that's always going to bolster our egos anywhere else you'd like to put praise i think anywhere else that they might like to well there's this thing on itunes where you can leave a review and we've set it up easy for you shame.city slash review it'll take you to the page all you have to do is there's a a button where you have to show how ready you are to leave the review it's out of zero to five readiness and it's i don't know some shape it's like a star or something so you click five readiness and then you write how good the show is and then you press send if you click four it doesn't ever appear or anything below it just gets what they do is they print it off into uh, one of those big shredders that can be used to decimate people and cartilage and all kinds of bone marrow so don't be bothering with that. So, ju- so uh, just to cla- so just the five. It won't work if you do three. It, oh no, I've tried it. I've tested this, two, and it does okay. fuck all. It actually it scores badly on you because they'll look at your account and it will say this person wasn't ready, like intellectually, right, to leave I a see, review. So, I see. so don't you don't want to fuck around? No, no, no. Basically, yeah, it's like credit rating. Don't fuck with the system. So that's always appreciated. And if, like we said last week, in a vague call to action, if you leave a really weird review. It can either be like specifically violent imagery <laughs> against, I don't know, some aspect of the show or something that you think is a shame, as long as it's not really horrible, because then you'll go to prison. Then we might read it out on the show. The weirder, the better in that regard. Where else can people find us? Declan? They can find us on Twitter, Isaac. Mm. On the the Twitter. The Twitter, I've been there. That's the one. Big Blue Bird's in charge of it. So if you want to appease that Big Blue Bird and indeed us... 
you can find the show. Or I'll peck out your eyes. At That's a Shame cast. Mm-hmm. Or if you would alternatively like to uh, find us individually, if there's something you'd like to say uh, about Isaac behind his Just back. follow my life. You can find me at Cynical Declan. And you can find Isaac at Isaac question mark. <coughs> at Isaac BD. That's a wicked oh, at Isaac BD. Sorry, yes. That's what a one. dreadful idiot. Um, I think that's it, isn't it? Tell a friend about the show. Word of mouth is best of mouth, as we like to say. And we'll see you on Sunday for what I'm not ever going to refer to as Milestone Episode 30. No. Love you lots. See you then. Simple bare necessities Forget about your worries and your strife I mean the bare necessities Oh, Mother Nature's recipes That bring the bare necessities of life Some honey just for me The bare necessities of life Will come to you